everyone, and welcome to episode three of Trash Talk. I'm here, Felix Von Hoff, sitting here with Wertho, Mark Worthington, and Corey Homicide-Williams. Now, for those who listen to Jacob and Jacoby on ESPN, they gave Corey Homicide-Williams a shout-out this week, talking about his streetball days. Now, Corey, can we just get a story? Because there's not a lot of streetball stuff that goes on in Australia. We don't really hear much about it. It's a pretty wild world out there. And, of course, you played out in Harlem, the rough streets of Harlem. How was that? Well, um... First of all, shout out to Jacob and Jacoby and um, showing the love. Cameron was up there. Shout out to Dipset with Jim Jones. They dropped their latest album. So, they, you know, they're doing their promo tour. And they both come from Harlem and they both played basketball. Well, Cameron played basketball. So we all know in, in New York, that's the mecca of basketball. So we're in um, some really, really tough environments. You know, some ch- chances are you wouldn't want your child to be growing up in these type of environments or be out late at night in these projects, the housing, the low income housing is the projects. And a lot of places, those were the street ball tournaments used to be held. So this specific tournament, this one I'm talking about is Rucker Park. Rucker Park is surrounded by some of the most dangerous projects in New York City called the Polo Grounds. We have a game. Nate Robinson is in the crowd, and at this time, he's playing with the Knicks. He's just hanging out. I play for the home team, Polo Grounds. We're playing against the team. There's some trash talking going on in the crowd. One guy is talking a lot of trash. He doesn't know who he's talking with or dealing with. He's messing, he's talking trash to a a guy who lives in the Polo Grounds. One thing leads to another, fight breaks out. Guns are drawn. Players get shot. I'm running, Nate Robinson running around <laughs> with his head cut off trying to get out the park. So if you run one way, the crowd just all runs towards that exit. So then you try to run the other way. The fight is still going on. And some of the players are running that way. So you're trying to run away from where the players are for your safety. One of my teammates got shot twice. And another teammate got shot. Well, the guy who I played against on the other team, he got shot. So... Some of the environments were really like that, and we were lucky to get out of there alive. No, that's crazy. I can totally understand. I went to private school in Melbourne, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tough, man. Wesley, Wesley College, it's tough. Purple uniform. What do, what do you got to wear there to back that one up? I ain't got nothing like that, I can tell you that. Um, <laughs> I mean, well, well, Corey and I used to play pickup in Denver, and uh, if you got angry with someone, you just throw a snowball at their head. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, jumping into the NBL action now, it's a week off because of the fever break. Of course, the boom has taken on a run, but that's not going to take away from what happened last weekend. You guys were high on Perth, were though? You're real high on Perth. Corey, not so high. It's hard not to go, them, go with them at the moment, winning two games against undermanned against New Zealand. What's going on there, Corey? Um, I'm going to talk about the last game because now the ban has been lifted. It's Thursday. I wasn't able to talk for four days. New Zealand choked. They straight up and down choke. I don't want to hear nothing about referees cheated. I don't want to hear nothing about that. You choked. You're coming to a game with the MVP favorite and the current MVP. Not playing? No Damian Martin, Angus Brandt on one foot, and you lose? Come on, man. Mentally, they're weak. That's what it comes down to. You can't be loaded with all your imports, and you pretty much got half the New Zealand national team on your team. How do you lose that game? Come on, man. That's lack of heart. 
and you're not mentally you are not strong enough that's just what it comes down to that is a must win game how do you lose that game you choked I think you got to give Perth a little bit more credit oh, here Corey oh my goodness <laughs> oh I know goodness. I know you've been a hater of them hey I've been a hater of them too but I believe I've seen the light and the Perth Wildcats are the real deal this year if you look at them from last year they're up 10 points a game if you look at them from last year, they're up in rebounds, three-point percentage. They're down in fouls and they're down in turnovers. Now, Mitch Norton and Nick Kay have been the biggest pickups in the offseason, bar none. Those two players have led this new-look Perth Wildcats team to look even better than what they have in years past. They are the real deal. I know you're talking about Melbourne and Sydney being the preview. Sydney are five and four at the moment. They ain't doing shit. Perth at 10 and 1. They win without Bryce Cotton at home. They're the real deal. Tell me when I can go. You can go. Who they played. They played two teams out of that 10 games that I could say I respect. They played Adelaide in game one, and they went down there and won that game on the road. Okay? And the second game, we know I'm going back to it because I know that's a turning point. They beat Melbourne United, but the refs cheated. You know it and I know it. That game turns into a loss. They lose two games in a row because they just lost before that Melbourne United game. They lost to Brisbane. You lose two in a row. Mentally, people start to overthink and maybe not be as confident because that streak is no longer 10-1. and one. And put it like this, this. They had the easiest schedule out of anybody. Can we agree on that? Uh, probably not because they've oh played 11 goodness, games yo. and some teams have played nine. They've had, How many top four teams they played? They can only play who's in front of them. I'm just they're, asking and, you. Therefore, and, the competition playing, is less. And they're playing the team and giving them L's so they're in the bottom of the ladder. All right, when they come to Melbourne and get their ass, we're going to see what's what then. Then we're going to see what's what when they go up to Sydney and take a L. Well, they've got they've got a big couple of weeks coming ahead of yeah, them. Yeah, okay. You wasn't they've saying that Sydney. before. You've never they said before Sydney. they had big weeks right. ahead of them. You said there's easy games because actually you never said anything because we know it was easy wins they had, easy teams they were playing. They can only play who's in front of them. They don't set the schedule. <sighs> All right. We're going to see what's what. And they better hope Bryce Cotton come back the same. They better hope. Every year they start out really good. Can we agree on that? Disagree. Oh, my God. Well, how did we start disagree last year? on that. I told you this last time. They were last at Christmas a few years ago. A few. What was, where were they last and year? And they still won it. Where were they last year around this time? First place. Flying. Oh, purse this, purse that. What happened in the playoffs? Put the broom out. Sweep. That's what happened. I, I know what Perth is like, man. And in the finals, that's what I'm going to rate them. When they get to the final four, we'll see what's what. Because when they, if they match up against Sydney or match up against United, they're not advancing. And you, you already are super high on Joey Wright and Adelaide. You're gonna say they're gonna beat Adelaide? They match up against them if Adelaide gets in. Well, if you look at it right now, do we agree that at the moment it's probably gonna be Melbourne United and Sydney Kings? They're gonna finish second and third, and they'll probably play each other first round. Will they? You, you, you're ducking the question. 
You just I'm ducked the you. question. If Perth right now plays your team, your guy, Joey Wright, to go to the championship, who's winning? On current form, Perth. Oh, my God. All right. All right. Are we, are we talking... Are we talking right now or are we talking... I'm talking right now. All right, then right now, Perth the beat Adelaide. They've okay. already proven it. And what are you talking about in February? I'm saying I said that Adelaide will make the finals. I didn't say they're going to win the whole thing. I'm just saying, will they beat Perth if they matched up in the first round? Which there's a chance that they can if New Zealand don't get in. I'm going to go with Perth right now. Okay. They're playing good basketball. Okay. I can't... I can't go against them right now. Until they prove me otherwise, I'm going to go with the Perth Wildcats. Uh, you just wait till next weekend. Okay. Okay. Well, there's no doubt about it. The Perth Wildcats are playing fantastic basketball. The Bryce Cotton injury, if he stays out, now they got the win without him against New Zealand. Is that, we're not really sure the extent of the injury. Perth are keeping it quite close to their chest. What happens there if he's out for five, six weeks? It's definitely over for him. It's all good to emotionally get it done when your MVP's on the side for one game. You can't do that for the rest of the season. You're going to have to go get somebody else, clearly. And you're going to have to get somebody else on his caliber. That team will not get it done with, with, a, with just a regular import. And you can't afford to be dropping close games. If he's out four to five weeks, you can't afford to drop that many games. And you, you're, you're looking at fourth place. And think about this. As great as everybody say they're playing, which they're playing good basketball, I can't take that away. Melbourne United is right there. And their schedule didn't even get easy yet. It's been a tough ride for them right now. Their schedule's going to get easier. Seven games in 20 days I just played. Dude, that's a lot. So can you imagine once they hit the real stretch, it's going to be easier for, for at some point. So they're going to get better. They're not even playing great basketball. It's just Casper Ware like, look, Jump in my backpack. I'm going to carry the team. Chris has had three of his worst games of his career in the last three weeks. Exactly. You know, and they still finding ways to win. Mitch McCarron coming up big. David Barlow balling. But my point is, they're all not even on the same page yet. We have yet to see Melbourne United at its best. That's scary. That's scary. And the thing is, with Bryce Cotton jumping out, we know the MVP voting works. So we were real high on Bryce Cotton for the MVP. Some saying he was a lock. If he misses some significant time, with the way the voting system works, similar to the AFL for punters out there, you probably want to look at some other guys in that market. You some guys that are probably at decent prices right now. Definitely. Guy, guys like Casper Ware. Casper Ware is like, I think it's like at $450 or something like that. And uh, Jerome Randall's at $4. You can't forget. Casper Ware set out the, Casper Ware set out the four, first four rounds too. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. That you, You're right. But right, at the end... Right, so, so say say Bryce Cotton is gone for the next four weeks. Who have they got? They've got Sydney twice. Two they losses. Got three losses. If Bryce Cotton not they've playing got, those games, they're not winning. Period. They've also they've also got Illawarra, Brisbane, and Cairns twice. I'm saying if there's a time for him to be out, let it be now. If he's gonna miss time and those Sydney Melbourne games, they're gonna be at the start of that run. Okay, so how After about... After that, they've got the Taipans, they've got Illawarra, they've got Brisbane. Taipans going to beat somebody. Taipans are going to beat somebody soon. I hope so. And they should have got Perth. They should have got Perth. Well, I'm high on the, I'm high on the Wildcats. 
until they prove me otherwise, I'm going to take the Wildcats for a while. Okay, no problem. You get proven otherwise the next three games. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Bryce Cotton don't play. Because, look, we don't know the extent. Let's go into the injury. So his his thumb went all the way back. All right? He said he's nothing like that. Nothing like, like that has ever happened in his life. There's no bone damage, but they had to do an MRI on Monday that just passed. You know, Perth is going to be tight-lipped up there. But I don't believe he'll be ready to play next weekend. Well, he's Not- on a three-year deal, so they're going to look after his longevity here. Oh. This isn't just, you know, use and abuse and import. This is They got this dude for three years. Like they usually do up there, yeah. use and abuse imports. But, um, I, I mean, I would take my time. You have the luxury at the moment. The way Perth thinks, because the arrogance of them, they're like, well, we can drop a couple of games. We'll just make the – as long as we in first or second – we can still get to the finals and win. That's how they're thinking. I don't know. I don't know about that. We don't know how. We we just need to know the extent of the injury, and we can go from there and make an assess a better assessment from there. Well, we did mention earlier that the FIBA break. We're currently in the FIBA break. The Boomers coming up against Iran in a couple of games. Not the most exciting competition for me, but you know we pay attention because they are our Aussie stars at the moment. Sobi versus Kadeh. Two guys that will probably be fighting for that starting PG position. Who have you got over there? Because it's a bit of a tough throw up. There is not a tough throw up. Jason Kadee will be starting. I don't care what kind of form he's in. He's going to start. His head coach of the Brisbane Bullets is the head coach of the Boomers. So is he starting on skill or is he starting on politics? He's starting on politics, 100%. Let me ask you something, all right? Say you married. You got a wife, right? (laughs) Jason Kadee right now is currently married to Lamanis. (laughs) Okay, you go and play in a different competition. You're not bringing your wife with you. You're going to bring the other woman with you. Well, I don't know. If you're asking me, then I might be. uh, Oh, my God. I might be double different. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, you have to bring your wife with you. His wife is Jason Kadi. You know, his partner is the head coach. Lamanis. Kadi's not in good form. He's been up and down all year. You're playing against Iran, a team you're going to smack. Why would you not start him? Because if you don't start him, you're going to really mess his confidence up. And you usually start him. So if you do start him, at least that may give him some more better energy to come into this game, play well. My coach believes in me. I'm playing for the boom and still, and I can play, and he plays well. Because he's going to play well against Iran. They win, he might turn his form around for the second half of the year. That's just the way I'm looking at it. No, I get what you're saying, and I, I agree with you in part, but I get the feeling that Wertho's probably not going to agree with you on this one. Nope. Don't agree. And there's literally two guys that could start over him instead of Jace. And Jace is my boy, but he's not having a great season. You could start with Sobey, who's double the amount of points, gets more assists, gets more rebounds so far this season. But what about the guy out of Perth who stood up in Damian Martin's absence. He's been on fire the last three weeks. Mitch Norton. He's been sensational. And I know he's like a little bro to you, but Mitch Norton has been killing it. So there's two options that I'd take over Jace Kadee at the moment. And he's more of a defensive guard as well. So I know that Iran, just being the offensive firepower that they are, uh, maybe not. You need it. You, you do want to, you got to value that side of the ball as well. Look, my little bro is balling. He is definitely balling. Mitch Norton, salute to you. You've come in. I mean, you've started before. So the luxury Perth has at the moment is when one starting point guard is out, your substitute 
is a former starting point guard as well. So, you know, they don't lose a lot at that point guard slot. And, you know, he could start, but he's not. Do you know Do you know that Mitch Norton is averaging more points than Jason Kadee this season? Let me ask you something. All right, I'm just Do you just know gonna... he's getting more rebounds? Do you know he's getting less turnovers than Jason Kadee this season? Look, plenty fishes in the sea, but he's a, you got to be a faithful man. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. There's plenty pretty fishes in the sea, but you got to be a faithful at? man when you committed. <laughs> Jason Kadee <laughs> will be starting. <laughs> Well, I'll be interested to see how that one plays out. Now, because we've got a break on the NBA, there's not a huge amount to talk about. We've got the Boomers. We've got a couple of games last week. Jumping into the NBA, and probably one of the biggest stories floating around right now. Felix, Felix, Felix. We ain't done with New Zealand. Oh, okay. There we go. There we go. (laughs) Well, apparently. We ain't done with New Zealand yet. We'll jump in at Worth. I'm sure you've got something to say. there's There's an issue with New Zealand at the moment. And I'm going to put it on the coach, Kevin Braswell. New Zealand has lost their identity. This used to be one of the top culture teams in the league. Right there with the Perth Wildcats. When Perth and New Zealand were having their little run of titles, their culture was spoken about all the time. That has disappeared. That is gone. There is no identity to this team anymore. There's no edge to them. They're giving up way too many points. They're giving up rebounds. I I think Kevin Braswell is in trouble as a coach right now. Well, I think I they do. they traded off their edge to Brisbane, giving a Mick of Akona. That dude was a heart and soul in New Zealand, and he played that exact style, that exact culture you're talking about. They gave him to Brisbane, and now he's doing the same thing for Brisbane. Well, it's not a it's not only that, their sets in in the offseason when they played the NBA game, they were zipping the ball around and getting to a, a, an on-ball late with Corey Webster, and it looked awesome. Now all I see them do is just go one-on-one from the beginning. Their, their, their style of play has been horrendous this season. And... I'm going to put it on the coach because the coach is the one that's supposed to dictate that from the start. They're in a separate boat to the Taipan. They might be even more disappointing than the Taipans are right now because they actually have players that can get the job done. Cairns doesn't have the cattle at the moment. But New Zealand, if you look at that lineup and that list and how they're four and seven at the moment, it's disgusting. Well, I agree with you with a lot of the points you made. You know, it starts from the top up. The coach got to get those guys together. They also got to play. They have a good lineup, and they should be better than that record. However, there's two sides to a quarter. A lot of teams don't have an identity early. This is a whole—look at that roster. Half the roster's new. The head coach is new. Ownership is new. That culture's out the window. It's a whole new regime that took that whole thing over. New owners, new attitude. You know, it's a new day in New Zealand, and it's going to take some time. But I still feel that they may have a chance to get that fourth spot. And if they get the fourth spot, you know, anything could happen in the finals. This we know. They ain't getting fourth. (laughs) (laughs) You're really high on Adelaide, huh? 
They're, New Zealand are cementing themselves in sixth right now. So who's going to be fifth? Brisbane. Who cares? Yeah, that doesn't even matter. I don't even know why we're even talking about any fifth. What is fifth? It doesn't even get you anything. Whoever yet. finishes fifth is probably going to be at Coachella while the other ones are playing in the finals. <laughs> Aren't you going to Coachella? Oh, I may or may not be. If anybody does want to listen to the podcast wants to come, then hit me up because Airbnb is a little expensive in Palm Springs. So if you want to split it with me, then let's go. <laughs> Moving on to the NBA now. Now we start talking about America. The biggest story going around right now, Markel Fultz. And no one really knows what's going on. It seems like the Monstars have taken his powers for Space Jam fans. But it's just wild. He's lost his jump shot. He's lost his confidence. He wants a trade. He's... Hasn't been quiet about that. He wants out of there. Can you give us some insight as someone who's been in that American game, you've been in the NBA, what's going on? Well, that's funny because the biggest story to me in the NBA with Philadelphia Sixers is Ben Simmons dating Kendall Jenner. Hey, the curse. <laughs> you see the fans started a petition, petition to get her out of the stadium. Oh, my God. Like, what are we talking about first? Are we going back to Fultz? Or are we going... I want to talk about no, this No, no, you talk about bit. what you want. You, you jump on All right, here's my Jenner. thing, okay? Here's my thing. <laughs> Everybody that was in a committed relationship with that family, the women in the family, they've all fallen from grace. Anybody else that just have dated have done pretty well, all right? James Harden dated Chloe. What did he finish up with last season? MVP. MVP of the league. Ben Simmons was dating Kendall a little bit off and on. I wouldn't even call it dating. He was seeing her. What did he finish with? Rookie of the year. So my point is, French Montana, all right, was dating Chloe a little bit. What is he right now? A dope, hot rapper. He's building hospitals in Morocco. So my point is, date them. Don't wife them. Then you'll be all right. So just just take a little dip in the water, just a little bit. Listen. Or just date them casually? I'd wife them and take the hard fall. Like, my life can fall to pieces as long as I got a Kardashian by my side. I don't know. She's there to pick me up. Maybe not with Lamar Odom, but I don't know what went on there. But well, I'm taking the hit. I just think that, you know, she's successful. She makes $4 million a year. She's worth $23 million. She don't need them for the money. She's been born into the spotlight. She knows the do's and don'ts of fame. She's somehow learned from all the mistakes that her sisters have made. And being negative in the tabloids, she hasn't not had nothing negative about her. You know what I mean? So he can learn a lot from that. He just got into the he just got into the light. So there's a lot of things he don't know. He just does not. And she could teach him. I call that an asset. She was on the Victoria's Secret show. The Victoria's Secret runway fashion show. There's definitely an aspect of cross promoting there. Listen, it has to be. Definitely. And I'm with it. It's Hollywood, it's LA. Why not? Of course, I feel it. Were though, what do you got on that one? Yep, he's a lucky man. <laughs> <laughs> so now jumping think, back on to I, oh, think, continue, I, I think I think he's doing what most men would like to be able to do. And he's living that lifestyle and good on him. If he can do it, good on him. Uh, everyone talks about his jump shot being broke. That takes years. Remember Jason Kidd? He couldn't shoot for half his career and he ended up top five in three pointers made. So. Yeah. It's just a craft that he's got to build over time. He's young in his career. What he does outside, it doesn't matter. This guy's still getting triple doubles. The guy's jumper will get better. And at the end of the day, everyone's probably just a little bit jealous like you and I are right now. <laughs> well, the craziest thing for me, you talk on Ben's jump shot. Like, I grew up playing with Ben Simmons. He can shoot. 
There's even videos out there of him just shooting to practice. He's knocking him down. I cannot understand what's going on at the point because he doesn't even, he won't even attempt it wide open. And he looks hesitant. There's something going on in Philly. There's something in the water in Philly. Markel Fultz and Ben, both of them can shoot. I think um, maybe it's just, maybe he's looking at it like, look, I'm not going to let you off the hook. I'm big, I'm strong. I can get to the basket at will and I'm better at creating. Going to the basket, I create havoc, people will help. You know, I can I can get more out of not shooting the jump shot than shooting. I think it's just a mental thing. At some point, he's going to have to start letting it blow, letting it burn. Once he does that, he'll become a better player. That's when he'll really hit elite status in the league. So, But he's young, you know what I mean? So it's just a matter of him being confident and just letting it go. Well, we're always pretty Philly heavy on this podcast. So let's keep it rolling into Markel Fultz because we didn't quite touch on that enough as we should have. What is going on there? I think that once he was injured, his confidence shattered. Once he came back, it was the Ben Simmons show. Then now when he's really ready to play, Jamie Foxx comes into town. <laughs> Jamie Foxx made a Jimmy Butler. You know, so where's it where there's no room for him to play? That's just what it is. You know, before when guys would be injured and you were like a high pick as like he was, the team is gonna cater to you all the way around, 100%. But that's not the case anymore right now. So all what has to happen for him is he get traded and get out of there and go and start somewhere fresh because it's over for him in Philly. Well, his jump shot is broke. His free throw line jumper, <laughs> free throw line shot is the most disgusting thing I've seen since Chuck Hayes. Um, <laughs> the Chuck wagon. The, yeah. When Alan Iverson was like, what the fuck is that? He traveled. <laughs> That's a travel. <laughs> For those who don't know that one, look up on YouTube, Alan Iverson trying to call a travel on Chuck Hayes at the free throw line. <laughs> very, very funny. But, I mean, I don't think I ever went through something like this. I'm pretty sure Corey never lacked confidence either. Um, so it's probably hard for us to say what exactly is going through his head right now. Um, that being said, it's making it really hard for Philly to trade him away as well because his value is starting to plummet. I think they need to trade him to get someone else in, probably another three-point shooter in, um, whoever that may be. But at the moment, because his shot is that broken and his confidence is that smashed, he's hard to be able to go out and get any sort of value for even though his upside only a year ago was much much higher than what he would get for market value now well that's the thing and it's tough and you know as a young kid we wish him all the best it's you know none of us really understand what it's like to be in that spotlight and have that type of stuff going on but your biggest surprise and we'll start with you here where though the biggest surprise and the biggest disappointment of the nba season so far for you my biggest, I've got two for each. The biggest surprises so far have definitely been the Los Angeles Clippers and the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, how many teams are you going to pick, man? Maybe I want to pick <laughs> one of those teams, bro. You, come on, man. This ain't the cup. You can't take well, the field. Then, <laughs> then, then I'll take the Clippers. There the Clippers go. have been outstanding to start the season. They're on top of the Western Conference as we speak at the moment at 13 and 6. And I think when the the big three got totally like DeAndre Jordan was the last one. They got rid of Blake. Chris Paul went. Now DeAndre Jordan left. And everyone was like, well, that was fun while it lasted Lob City. 
Well, Doc sort of reinvented himself now and has been the coach that probably the Clippers had hoped for when they grabbed him from Boston. And the, the deal that he's done this year has been sensational. So the Clippers, for me, have been the biggest surprise. The biggest disappointment, I'm going to have to say Boston. Oh, my God. Yo, you picked my team, man. <laughs> but then go I'll ahead. pick... Go ahead, I'll man. I'll pick someone else. Nah, I'll go ahead. I'll nah, pick don't the go change it. Don't go change it. <laughs> God damn, where though? <sighs> I'll pick the Utah Jazz. Now, the Jazz are currently second last in the Western Conference at nine and twelve. They, I think, most people expected them to build off what they did last year. You know, they got the first round win versus OKC. They looked really good. Obviously, another year they've got the Defensive Player of the Year and Gobert. Everyone expecting Donovan Mitchell to go up another level. But it just hasn't happened yet. And they've been really, really good on the road this year. But they've sucked at home. They've been terrible at home. And so I know they've probably got one of the weakest schedules from here on out for the rest of the season. I think they've got the weakest strength of schedule from here on out. So I'd expect them to climb. But to this point, they've definitely been the biggest, dis- well, one of the biggest disappointments for me. Okay. Burlo just took two of my teams. <laughs> took one of Felix's teams. Like, listen, we got to get on the same page here or something because we can't <laughs> keep taking each other's, you know, takes. Anyway, um, the team I've been impressed with, one of the teams I've been impressed with is Toronto. When DeRozan traded with Kawhi, nobody knew how that team was going to look or how these plays were going to work out. I haven't heard anything about DeMar DeRozan. In fact, the Spurs are looking suspect down there. While up in Toronto, they're flying high in first. They just beat Memphis last night. And Kawhi Leonard is looking good. He's back to balling. So him and uh, Kyle Lowry, they can coexist. And they're flying. And I think that is the team that will have this best chance, obviously with LeBron gone, to come out of that East. Because Boston is looking disgusting right now. Go ahead. Well, I'm going to jump in with my, if you're all done, I'm going to jump in with my, again, whether you've you've stolen from me, but I'm going to continue with it. The Utah Jazz, so disappointing, such high hopes for them coming into the year. And they're getting smacked by 30 at home. Like, it's just something that just you don't hear from in a small market team like that, that has sort of built a culture up. Quinn Snyder, great coach, great players. You still got Donovan Mitchell putting up numbers, but he's doing it at a much lower efficiency. But just incredibly disappointing there for me. Biggest surprise is the Lakers. Look, I was vocal saying that LeBron wouldn't be able to get it done with the Lakers like he has so far. And it's still early days. But he's been, goddamn, he's been impressive so far. Yeah, he's definitely been impressive. I mean, anywhere LeBron is going to go, he's going to look good. And I think that where he's at in his career, it's not about championships anymore. I think he's just looking for the challenges. You know, he's done whatever he wanted to do in the NBA. I think now he's more focused on challenging himself, continue to strive for greatness, which is, that's his hashtag, and see how he can continue to make these young boys around him better and more confident. Because at some point, if he can pull off one win, one advancement in, in the round in the playoffs, that would be like a, a successful Massive. season for the Lakers. Massive. And I think I doubted him mostly because I thought the move to LA was purely, you know, he owns a production company. He's right. real involved in that sort of stuff. I thought, okay, that's going to take away from basketball here. He's just going to sort of ride his career out get his records and finish it like that. But anyway, before we wrap it up for today. Hold up, hold up. Oh, I, here I we go. Where are those jumps back? 
I don't think we can let one team off the hook for disappointment. I ain't even. I didn't say my. You know. Did I say my disappointment? Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. The Houston Rockets. Thank you. Get Thank the feeling was that was to, the elephant in the room. Yeah, you was about to take my mind again. <laughs> The Houston Rock, I'll let you jump in too on this. The Houston Rockets have been extremely disappointed. Jumping off the back of what they did last year, how everyone says, which this is a valid point, Chris Paul does not get injured. They advance and beat Golden State and go to the finals. And for them to start the season off in the manner that they have has been extremely disappointed. They they lose the defensive three-man on the wing. You know, Ariza's is gone. And uh, I forgot the other guy's name who they lost, but it was two of them. And they just they just leaking points and they're not getting stops. And they just joke. James Harden choked last night. Do you know what? Hard, um, Wurdo, take it over, man. You got the rest of this, man. I'm sick of them. <laughs> uh, they definitely lost their identity on the defensive end. Like D'Antoni was, you know, he played the up and down offense and obviously pick and rolls with Harden and Clint Capella. And that was all good. But they had wings that could defend. They shipped them off on a hope and a dream getting Carmelo Anthony. And that was just an absolute bust. He plays no defense. Why would they hope he would do something? You know what I mean? Like, what are you thinking? How do you let Ariza go? How do you let Ariza go? He doesn't even suit their offensive style because they're a three-point shooting team. And he's a long He's the mid-range master. Right. So it didn't even make any sense to bring him in. They lost defense. They didn't gain much on the offensive end, and what we've seen is now he's not with Houston. You know, they're dealing with that. But he'll be with another team shortly. I just don't understand where management thought that this team was going to go bringing him in. It just hasn't worked anywhere that Carmelo went. The best basketball he played was at the start of his career with the Denver Nuggets because he was young and impressionable. He'd wanted to win. Now I don't think he wants to win. I think he wants to collect his money and try and be the star in the team still, which he's not capable of doing anymore. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And then on top of that, I think he has the Allen Iverson syndrome. I'm not coming off the bench. I'm a starter. I'm not coming off the bench. The league is past his ability. He could still score, but you 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 would be, be better suited coming off the bench for a quality team than starting for a weaker team because no quality team is going to rock with you because you want to start. So basically what's going to happen is he's going to play himself out of the NBA unless he changes his mindset. Somehow the Spurs will pick him up and change him all around. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we wrap it up, where though, you love giving guys shout out, picking them up. Who are you giving it to this week? Oh, I'm going to give it to Mitch Norton uh, for the job that he's done in Damian Martin's absence and a lot of people just, you know, thinking that the Wildcats weren't able to get it done. The, this guy has willed his team and, and shown why he is a point guard, a starting point guard in this league. And so when Corey said a couple of weeks ago that it didn't matter if it was Mitch Norton or Jared Kenny, uh, and I disagreed, this is why. Because they've actually been getting it done with Mitch Norton and what a pickup it's been from the Perth Wildcats. He's a great player. He's a great teammate. He's a great club person, as Corey knows. And shout out to you, young man, because you are doing great things at the moment. That that I cannot disagree with at all. Now, who are you chopping down, Corey? It's your turn to jump on the air. We know you love to tell people what you think. Well, you know what? I don't. Funny enough, I don't have anybody this week to chop down. 
But what I do is what I do have. What's the what's the rookie's name in cans? That rookie guard, the draft pick from OKC, Devin Hall. Devin Hall. What I would like to say is, I'm glad that I've started to see what everybody was talking about. It's extremely important we talk about this. It is not easy coming out of school, coming to another country, learning new offenses, fresh faces, and being able to produce. That is not easy to do. So he struggled the first few games, and we were just like, okay, when are we going to see it? When are we going to see it? He comes off the bench, and immediately he goes from averaging six points a game to 15 a game, and he's strung together some really good performances. So I just want to give him a shout-out to continue to be confident, play a game, and it's really good to see him showing us what we all were waiting on. That's all I got. Well, all credit to Mike Kelly and the Can't Stop Ant for sticking with him because I was once saying he needed a plane ticket. I'm still saying that about David Weir. He still hasn't shown me anything, but Devin Hall started to step up. And that's all we got time for this week on Trash Talk. Thanks for tuning in. If you do want to ask these guys a question or there's something you want them to discuss, hit them up on Twitter, at Homicide at Wertho33. But last of all, enjoy the games this weekend and gamble responsibly. Oh,